0: Hello and welcome to the Golf Science Lab. I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and today we have something of an in-between episode from our last season, which was on clubs, and our next season, which is going to be on the swing and biomechanics. And while it was recording last season with David Adele on wedges and putters, he mentioned they were close to releasing some single length irons. And obviously, this is a hot topic, uh, Bryson Nishimbo has really popularized this and I wanted to learn more on why David was pursuing this and coming out with a set of his own. So we sat down, we had a great conversation, got into all the info, kind of how it works, why it works. And then uh, we ran through the most popular questions that I heard from y'all on social media at the end. So this is a really fun episode. Make sure to stay tuned on the website and on the podcast for next season of the shows. But let's get into this with David. the first time that you made these was kind of with him and and for him then.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and take, you know, credit for saying, Hey, I'm the, you know, it was my idea to do single length. That was, that wasn't my, but I was not, you know, I'm not, you know, Bryson I knew was a, a gifted competitor and I knew that he was committed to the process and I knew that he needed help. And I was like, well, let's see what we can do. You know, I don't, you know, this is not this is not my wheelhouse. You know, building single length. Uh, I've spent number of years making my own irons, machining them, and hand grinding. And you know, I made every iron that was in that we sold retail. They were all hand ground, hand. They were all machined in house, and we just got blanks with grooves on them. And then I turned the hosels on a lathe. And you know, I did everything to make sure everything was nuts on them. You know, there was dead nut you know, nutted down and, and I, they were all hand ground to gram weight and everything. So I was, I was, uh, you know, an accomplished iron maker at the time. And, you know, this was just, you know, eh, he just wants it heavier, you know, okay, I can do that. Did I know anything about shafts or what shaves would do? Or, I mean, you know, I didn't know anything about that. I had to kind of, I grew with Bryson and his input. And, and luckily I had an iron Byron kind of a person that, You could put something in his hand and he'd tell you exactly what was going wrong, which was, you know, pretty paramount to the learning curve.
0: So the first time that you like handed him that, that first set, like how did it go? Were they good? Were there a lot of changes or?
1: Oh, they were, they were really good. Yeah. I mean, he played them. And then, you know, it was like, like anybody that has played single length from using what's currently in the industry, the issues don't, fall in the 6-iron, the 7, the 8, the 9. They start to show up around the 9 to the wedges and the gap, and then they have problems in the 3 and the 4 and towards the 5. You know, the middle is not the problem because that's what the, the shafts are designed for and that's what the head weights are designed for. It's going the, on the polar opposites of the middle that, that that's where the issues were. And so Bryson, initially, the issues were... Making the wedges not balloon and making the long irons go higher and farther because they were you get kind of this diminishing return that happens with the long clubs. So the CG has to be lower. The you know he toyed with shafts and different types of shafts to create. But then the weight got off because the you know getting a shaft to get the ball higher, to get a little more spin, get it up, get it going. Now, the overall weight changed, so then the field changed, and he was looking for a sense of normalcy with everything he swung, felt the same so you know so we we Bryson toyed a lot with different types of shafts and ended up ultimately finishing on an x uh, taper light with a six iron shaft, provided the the optimal at the time the optimal. Scenario. What he's doing now, I don't know, because I haven't worked with him for you know, about eight months, so I don't know. So he, yeah. he loved it. Yeah, I mean, he was just like, because everything he had before looked like, you know, it was just lathered up with lead tape or it was drilled out and badges were taken off. And it I mean, it was pretty hodgepodge looking. So it was pretty garage punk, steampunk looking thing. So, yeah.
0: Nice. So, you got there. How many iterations do you think you went through with him then? Was it like you every couple of months you were trying out new ideas or? Uh,
1: sorta. Of. It was more um, you know, I th- I think he felt more, oblig- you know, conflicted with, you know, I'd make him I cuz you know, making a set is not easy and it took me a, a long time and he would come down and stay 3 days and hang out at the house and do that quite often and we would work on stuff and attack an issue. And if it was a three iron, we'd make a bunch of three irons and put tungsten in it and do all kinds of things to try to make it better. So we, yeah, we were bouncing things back and forth, trying different shafts and, and, you know, and in the end kind of just settled on something kind of normal, you know, in the middle. And I worked towards moving the CG farther back and down. That was the big thing on the long clubs. The short clubs, I think he kind of settled on a, a certain shaft profile that control distance and and not balloon it so high that's the hard part with the a longer wedge longer clubs is they want to go high they balloon because you're using a six iron shaft which is meant to produce ball flight right and you put it in a wedge that already inherently goes higher because of the loft and you put a six iron shaft in it now it kicks and goes too high and and feels like it balloons and then it has a shallow descent angle i mean a a steep descent angle so he was wanting something that went lower but then you know then you make it lower by loft or try to make the cg a little higher but it really doesn't knock it knocks the loft off but now it makes it fly farther so that's the issue is is the net effect with the way a six iron shaft on a wedge would make the ball fly a net the same distance but it would do it through height and descent angle dropping steeply where the player says, I want it to kind of bore and go at a lower trajectory, but not fly as far. And then on the other end, I want my three iron, my four iron, my five iron to go high and go like, you know, hot. So, you know, I want it to be like a normal, you know, conventional length golf club that has more distance, but with the lateral deviation control that you get from single length. So... You know that's kind of that's the problem with single length is you can't normalize the shaft without taking the the shaft is a huge part of that and the head design and there's a whole bunch of philosophy that's involved in making sure that you make the correct golf club and that so that was kind of what we did to try to make the single length system work and it really i didn't really get all hot and bothered over it until uh, Jason Hordesky at Patterson. You know, we started talking, and I said, you know, there's got to be a way to control the shaft. The shaft is a huge part of this deal. If the shaft doesn't work right and doesn't have a philosophy around it, this thing is going to struggle because you're going to have these issues on the wedge side, and you're going to have these issues on the long iron side. So with Jason, I, you know, confronted him with the the problem that I had was I need a lower-trajectory deader, short club, And I need a hot, high-flying, longer club, and I need everything to kind of be good in the middle, just kind of like it is. And he says, oh, I can do that. I was like, how are you going to do that? And He goes, well, I can tension my fibers, you know, because it's a wound, continuous filament shaft that he winds, and and he can control the tension level of the fiber to be able to produce different flex points and trajectories all within the same gram weight, without changing the gram weight, just by tensioning the fiber and the strands in the shaft. Where flag wrapping doesn't do that. So I was like, okay. So I said, well, put something together. And we talked for hours and, you know, about what my problems were. And he says, I got it covered. I've been thinking about this. Boom. In a period of time, he sent me some shafts. And I was like, oh my God, the short club goes lower and doesn't go as far. The mid iron shaft goes high and far. And then the long iron shaft goes high and farther. So now we have within that whole scenario, Three profiles within a flex, so the flex didn't change. The gram weight didn't change, but the flight characteristics changed. So I could now confront the issues that we have with a longer short club. They don't go as far. The trajectory is lower. So distance is not controlled through delofting something and taking a 7-iron and delofting it. 7-iron length off-club delofting it, so now it just flies like a 7-iron. That's not what we want, right, or making it an 8 or 9. Now we we have a wedge. We have a wedge loft. flies shorter and flies at a consistent trajectory. Then we go to the middle club, flies at a certain trajectory that we want that normalizes that. And then we go to the long club, now we have a golf club that's a shaft that's designed in the same gram weight, the same flex, to go higher and farther to offset the issues that we get from one singular shaft type. Boom. The only club you can do that with or shaft type or material you can do that, you can't do that with steel, but you can do it with graphite. And you can do it the way Jason does it at Patterson where you can wind and tension the filament fibers in the shaft to produce the things without changing where and how much you're wrapping and how much, you know, all the stuff they do in in flag wrapping a shaft versus what he's doing with his concentricity of his filament wound fibers.
0: When did you decide, like, we can actually pull this off and make these for everyone. Was it like after you got those shafts from him and saw that you could do that? Or what was that moment?
1: I was really, I was really conflicted because, you know, Bryson decided to go with Cobra, which I, which I totally understand, you know, from a monetary standpoint. And so I was fine with all that. And then I thought, you know, here I am kind of sitting here all by my lonesome now without the the poster child of single length, which is Bryson. And I thought, well, do we move forward with this? Don't we, do we sit back and hang back and watch what happens? Watch the carnage, watch the success of somebody else? I don't know. And because I always felt the shaft was an issue. And I talked to shaft companies and they were like scratching their head. And it was such a paradigm shift in terms of how they had to think about the shaft that they were kind of like, do we want to go this way? Seems really cool. Everybody's talking about it, but is this a fad? Is this going to just peter out? Is this going to take off? Where do we want to posture ourselves? Nobody would really commit, except for Jason. And until Jason at Patterson said, I'm 100%, I think you guys are the guys that can do it. I can do it for you. We can control these parameters. I, we're going to build a great golf goal. Let's do it. Did I really get jazzed about it? I mean, I was. I, I believe in it, but I knew where the inherent problems were in it, and until I knew that I could, you know, and I knew it was a one-shaft system, and that's, I knew it wouldn't be from, you know, let me try this, let me try two-champer, let me try KBS. Not that they'd make a bad shaft or anything, it's just it's all a conventional process. And unless you go soup to nuts and say, we're going to totally create a new think tank and build single-length steel shafts and we're going to do it a certain way, and it's going to only be about single length, and then we're not going to worry about it, and we're not going to use any of the information we know from the past, we're going to start all over, did I think you could do that? And then and that's why I knew that graphite was the only way you could control all the parameters that I needed to control. From understanding that the shaft was now good, I went, okay, now I can start worrying about all the other stuff, which is the head design, all the variables that wouldn't paint me into a corner if I built a, a fitting model because this has to be customized fitting for people because this is not going to be a movement that that will take flight unless people in the beginning get individualized attention about how this process works because they're going to go, oh, it didn't work for me, and then they're going to bash it. And then the guy that wants to try it won't try it because it, or the gal won't try it because it has it has too much negative stigmata to it. But if we customize a fit, to fit the person and their body type and their swing speed type and what gapping they need, what head weight they need, what shaft gram weight they need, what flex in the shaft they need, what length they need, the process is really going to become very convoluted for many people. Fitters aren't going to know how to fit it. They're not going to know how to deal with it. They're not going to be involved with it because if no one has a fitting system. So I said, I have to come out just like my putter fitting system, just like my wedge and iron fitting system, I have to come out with a great fitting model that is flexible, that allows the fitter to control all the variables within the golf club. So we control bounce, we control head weight, we control obviously loft and lie, we control length, we control ground weight of the shaft, we control flex of the shaft, we control flighting of the shaft, which is critical.
0: How important do you think is, is club fitting going to be in, in this process of getting single length to people?
1: It's paramount because if we don't do it right from the beginning, we'll kill the movement because people will go grab a golf club and say, oh, I got a single ink golf club with one regular shaft and all six irons in it or whatever, and they're going to go hit it, and they're going to go, oh, man, I really have this weak spot in the wedges and short clubs, and I have a weak spot in the long clubs, and I hit this diminishing return from my five to my four iron to my three iron because it's not, it's not matching what they need to have happen for them. And they're going to go, ah, you know, it's pretty good from here to here. And, you know, some people stick with it and some people go, I'm going back because I hit my four iron farther. I don't hit it straighter, but I hit it farther. Well, you might hit two out of 10 farther, but on average, you might hit the single length over and over and over farther and straighter. If you took the average of it all, you know. So I think fitting is going to fitting regardless of whether it's single length. If you're not fitting, you're, you're a dinosaur, if, in my opinion, because every person that plays golf deserves to have a fitted golf club in their hand. So if you're not fit, then regardless of whether it's single length or variable length, then or a putter or a wedge, you don't have the best golf club in your hand, or you lucked out. So long and short, yes, fitting is the secret to single length surviving and being successful.
0: So, here's what I'm hearing. Like, I did some research. Single length has been done Mm -hmm. before. No Mm -hmm. doubt about that. But, like, kind of the keys here that you've done is is from start to finish, from the head to the shaft, it's built for this, right? No other purpose. Exactly. Fitting is going to be super important, making sure that people get the correct variables into their single length. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that that I'm missing about why this is going to – why we're hoping this is going to take off here?
1: Well, I mean – you know what are we missing that that is important for it to take off, or why it would take off?
0: Yeah, what, what are are there any other variables that I missed there that you've really nailed here with these with these single lengths?
1: Here's the thing: so if you got a longer wedge in your hand, do you want it to look like a conventional wedge? It was bent, designed to be two inches shorter. So what I mean by that is when you're looking down at a wedge that's designed to be 35 inches long and a steeper lie angle the shape of it looks a certain way. Now, if you flatten that lie angle out and shove it out farther away from you, does that head look correct? And you, most people would say, no, it looks weird. It looks like a shovel out there. So the head design has to match now the new look because now you have to make the heel and the top line profile not look so bulbousy and round and low. So we've designed into our, our golf clubs a look that also looks good at a 37-inch plane angle rather than... a 35 or 35 and a half, 36, right? So so that's important. Other variables that are going to be extremely important is face technology. Like our three and four and five irons have, have thinner faces, a progressive face thickness so that we're controlling the rebound effect within the confines of the USGA to produce optimal ball launch and spring in the face to maximize what the head's capable of doing. We also have a weight port in our... So we can control head weight, so we can control within a certain number of gram weights, we can then make a club longer or shorter to offset head weight, to offset graph uh, length and the gram weight of the shaft, which is paramount. So within that, those are the things that have to be thought of. Balance is another thing that has to be thought of. If every golf club is trying to be swung on the same way with the same low point point, same basic swing balance has to be incorporated into the golf club that matches what people do with the angle of attack and the lean of the shaft to ensure low point consistency and turf interaction. We've accomplished that. So everything we thought about, we thought about over a long period of time that said if I was going to build a golf club, I'd build it this way. So that when we do get to fitting, we have all the variables that we can control to make a golf club. Now, the other thing that we can do with this system that we've developed is we don't have to be pinned into a single length model we can stair step it you can go a certain number of clubs at a certain length jump it up a half inch go another length and maybe go another half inch so you could do three variable three lengths you could go two steps or you could go all single length because we can butt cut these from the butt that doesn't change the flex characteristics and we can then alter the head weight to make a multiple so people that are kind of like i'd rather have it kind of like this but i kind of like this idea they're not pinned into just being oh you have to do single length or you know hasta la vista so there's going to be people that want to transition into it there's going to be people that say i like i just want two lengths there might be people that say i want three lengths and you know we potentially have the ability to accommodate that scenario depending on the gram weight of the shaft and certain things
0: Are you ready for a little rapid fire questions from folks that are going to be listening to this? I got some questions here before we get started. Sure. Cool. Question on uneven lies with single length. Any thoughts there about how it changes how you work with uneven lies with all uh, same length clubs?
1: Well, obviously uneven lies or uneven lies, you know, obviously it's probably might be easier in certain ways on a downhill lie to have a longer golf club and an uphill lie, you know, where the ball below uh, above your feet. You know that the longer club needs to be um, offset, but you know I think I think there's going to be a you know this isn't just like hey everything's gonna the whole world's going to be you know powdered sugar and fairy dust. It's there's there's a learning curve to everything that you do with anything, and I think there's there is a learning curve. But I can imagine hitting a certain shot with the same length golf club on any lie angle is going to be a lot easier than grabbing a six iron or an eight iron from different. With the same ball position, ball below your feet or above your feet, having one length of a golf club, in my opinion, and from my experience playing it, it's a lot easier to hit variable lie golf shots with a certain golf club, knowing that the swing stays the same. Even though, yeah, the the length, you know, uphill lies are probably more of a constraint than the downhill lie, in my opinion. But I would imagine that there's going to be a learning curve for anybody on any shot, uh, if they're going to make a transition, so.
0: Well, I mean that leads perfectly into the next one. Is is the transition time? I know you all have had them for a while. I was talking with with Scott there that he's been using them. Like, what is that transition period like? How long have you seen it take to get used to that kind of thing?
1: Well, I think for some people the transition will be a lot faster because you know it's just it seems so simple. And I think I think the people that are going to be you know it's hard to teach an old grizzled dog a new trick probably and I don't think they're gonna be the ones that gravitate towards this initially right off the bat. I think you're gonna get your more cerebral types that say, you know, I think there's a better way, I'm conflicted, I don't like the way golf clubs are built, and they're gonna to gravitate towards this. I think a lot of your really good players are just gonna say, Hey, I'm I don't know if that I one, I don't know if I can handle the stigmata of being a single length guy or there's the perception it's a single lane, it's a single plane concept like Bryson is executed. And I think there'll be a little bit of a transition of why people would want to get to it or go to it. And then I think based on that, there's going to be a certain amount of apprehension to, should I, you know, the darkest hours just before dawn, you know, how far do I have to go before I see the light of the next day? And some people might, you know, get halfway across the desert and turn around and want to run back. You know, I don't. I don't think anybody really knows.
0: Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. You
1: because know, gotcha. paving new ground is is paving new ground, and and that's why if you're fitting and you're involved in what's going on, and people can say, "Look, I'm scared. I'm not," you know, it's like, "Hey, hang on. Well, what's going on?" And and there's somebody on the other end trying to help them in the fitting process, whether it's the fitter, the instructor, the manufacturer. If it's a vertically integrated process, I don't. I think that worry, and that fear, and that that transition time will diminish. I think if you just go buy something and go out and play it without any support, I don't know. You know, I think over time, you know, if we once we have five or, you know, years under our belt doing this for a, a large population base and, and understanding what the inherent issues are, you can say, hey, dude, I don't think this is for you right now, you know, until you get to this point. Or I'm not trying to turn everybody into a single length golfer. Three out of 10 people say, hey, I want to be single length. I'm like, That's my customer. Those three people. If you don't like it, I got got conventional fitting. I got conventional models. I can do variable length, you know, or three system or two stage system for you that might seem a lot more transitional for you. So, you know, we're not trying to convert the world. We're just trying to make a better system for the people that want it or want to try it or are open minded to it
0: quick rabbit hole to go down that you mentioned. Uh you mentioned one plane in Bryson Deschambeau. You mm-hmm. don't have to be that. Explain that real quick about um I mean it works for any type of swing, not just a one plane concept like he's doing.
1: Well yeah, exactly. I mean the the concept really stems around so if if you said to someone and said, "Okay, look, you know, you got your family over there in this cage that's going to drop into this In a pool of molten acid, if you if you don't hit your best shot, what club are you going to go grab to hit that shot, right? If you have to hit a straight, well hit shot, regardless of the distance, a lot of people go, I'm going to grab my seven iron or I'm going to grab my eight iron, right? Because that's the club I swing the best. I hit, I make my best swings with that iron. I'm going to. That's essentially what we're trying to build a golf swing around is the swing that I'm able to produce and repeat the best. And most people would say if you look at the data, most people say, I hit my 8-iron, my 37-inch golf club or my 36-and-a-half-inch golf club better than any golf club out there. And I practice with it because it's fun to practice with. So our belief and what my belief is is we want to build a golf swing around your best swing, not redeveloping a Mo Norman single-plane motion or what Bryson's doing with his verticality and his swing plane. That, that's what Bryson chose to do, and that's what works best for Bryson right? I could build it that way for Bryson. That's why he was able to swing that way because he, he had something that could be built to be, you know, so that he was able to do what he wanted to do. And that's what I did for Bryson. Do I think that's right or wrong? That's Bryson's decision and his coaches. I build a golf club for him. If a person says, I want to swing on a, you know, 62 degree angle versus 72, you can do it, Right. But build it around your best golf swing, the one that repeats the best. That's our premise around this. Is you know where do you work the best? Let's build a golf club around it. Let's build a you know a low point consistency and a trajectory control that controls low point and trajectory. Pretty simple.
0: Two more questions here, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. How do uh, how do the wedges work? So obviously you do incredible wedges. Are people going to be doing longer length wedges now with this or?
1: Well. That's up to the player. I personally, right now at present, I play a standard 55 and a standard, well, they're half-inch overlay, or a three-quarter-inch overlay because I'm tall, I'm 6'4". But I play a standard 60 and a 60, actually my 60 is a little bit shorter just because I think smaller swing radius, I want to be able to use it for, you know, all kinds of hybridized shots. Uh, Same thing with the 56. So I've gone more conventional and then from 50 I go all the way through singling. Some people, depending on their frequency patterns would maybe say i it's taken me a long time to learn how to hit this 60 degree flop and whatever. I'm just going to stay standard 55 somewhere. in 54, I tend to hit, you know, full swing. Uh, I don't hit a lot of hybridized shots with it. So I'm going to stick with that and go maybe into my 16, and just go it's standard. It's shorter. And I, I just hit little flip and flops and do all kinds of stuff with it. Some people say, I want to go all the way through. So, I think it depends a lot on the body type and that's the part with Mike Adams and Bioswing Dynamics and EA Tisler with Bioswing matching your body type to your, your hip speed and your armful patterns and your, and your swing plane. There's a lot of body types that do very well with, you know, more verticals. There's people that do well more with horizontals and there are people that do more, you know, do better with laterals and, and depending on your body type, A certain motion is better executed with a longer golf club just because they use verticals more before they use horizontals. When I say that, it's like rotations versus vertical motions, you know, like a Bubba Watson jumping up before he rotates, you know, and then Zach Johnson or unders kind of armful patterns that rotate more before they release, you know, so it depends a lot on your body type. And I think we have to look at body types and how the arm patterns fold, flexibilities, swing plane? Are you more of a shoulder planer? Are you more of a torso planer? Or are you more of a hip planer? You know, what you would need in a wedge and how long that golf club needs to be. So people with slow hips, which are make up a large percentage of, you know, aged, you know, i become more of a slow hip player because of my age. And so I need a longer golf club because I don't, I can't stay down and I got to get, I got to use my verticals more, which I requires me to use a longer golf club. So I think, you know, there's a lot going on in how the body works to determine what kind of wedge works best for you. And I think the problem is, is nobody could try a longer wedge. Why? Why do you think people don't try a longer wedge? It's a question to you right now.
0: Harder to control?
1: No, because there's no head weights in wedges that are light enough to make it a longer golf club. Unless you want a drill press or going to go, you know, take a file or a grinder to your golf club, or even thought that you could think that way. To take a nice, you know, new wedge off the rack and go take off 20 grams of weight, why would you make it an inch and a half longer, right? So there's, there's really no precedence for people to say, well oh, I tried a longer golf club and it hurt me or helped me, right? Because you're not going to go add an inch and a half to a 302-gram wedge, right? Now you got a f something swing weight or something, you know? It, it doesn't make sense. So people have never tried it because the weight of the head never allowed them to do that. To, be, to make it a functional golf club and a normal swing weight parameter.
0: And you are able to do that with, with your wedges, take off enough weight to, to do a single length with a 60 degree?
1: Well, they're, they're designed around being 275 to 282, which is 20 grams lighter, which I don't know if any, if any of you have out there listening have ever tried to gram 20 grams off a golf club or add 20 grams to a golf club, it ain't easy. So a lot of the the physical nature of the golf club, the physicality of how a golf club is currently manufactured has never allowed an individual to think in in any other way than to go at a certain length because the swing weights would be ridiculous and it would feel like anchors in their (laughs)
0: hands. Last question, and I I bet that a lot of people have been waiting the entire time to hear this question, is uh, what swing speeds will this work with?
1: Well, swing speed... You know, that's a million-dollar question because uh, it doesn't matter. It's like a garden hose. If you have a certain amount of pressure in the garden hose and you lift it to a certain height or or lower it to a certain height, it only goes so far. There's a peak, you know, height that with that pressure, it's only going to go so far. So there is a diminishing return. And, of course, people with lower ball speeds have that happen sooner than someone with a lot of ball speed, right, a lot of club head speed. So, and we've seen by going shorter, people get faster club head speed. And it doesn't make sense, right? You're thinking to yourself, wow, they, they just gained, you know, four miles an hour in ball speed or five miles per hour in ball speed, and I went a half an inch shorter. What, what the hell, right? So, what we've done with the face flex stuff and the shaft type and being able to juggle the shaft types within gram weight and the kick properties of the shaft like the short mid and low i mean high to to offset to where at worst case there is no loss in distance so if you don't have any pressure in your hose it's still the same whether you but you will hit it straighter and most often more consistent so you'll actually on an average par basis hit it farther than if you had a variable length golf club that you didn't hit as well and you hit it more crooked. So I think that is not, you know, I'm not saying, hey, you're going to get the single length golf club and all of a sudden, you know, gain 30 yards. That's not the point. The point is not to lose yardage, but to gain consistency in the strike and the lateral deviation and the linear deviation to not be so variant. And in the end, you're actually hitting it better and longer than you would if you had a variable length golf club. So lower swing speeds. That's why we have lighter gram weight shafts, and we have an A flex in that, and we have the ability to make the head heavier so that there's, a, you know, you got more mass in the collision with the lighter, faster moving golf club with a spring face technology. The distance loss is going to be in your short clubs to where, I mean, your long clubs to where your your the, the diminishing return between the six, five, and four. Based on a certain low swing speed, you, you might, someone might go, you know, I don't hit the four any farther than the five, so why buy it? And then that's where we have to start working on for those types of players finding an alternative. And it might be saying, okay, dude, that's where we got to go to a longer shafted four iron that's maybe a half inch longer and we can offset the head weight and use the same shaft flex and everything. And you're going to hit it a little bit farther and a little longer, you know? So. There is some sense of customization to this process to make it to make it ideal for everybody. That's where fitting comes in. Hope that answered that question.
0: That, yeah, no, but, fitting is fitting is going to be key with this for sure. I, I think that we've covered a lot of the questions and a lot of topics around this. What's the timeline for, for getting these out, or when can people get fit, pick them up, etc.?
1: Well, currently, right now, the uh, we're presenting our. SLS1, which is Single Length System One, at the PGA Show this year. The first systems that will be going out will be going directly to the PGA2 Superstore and then to our our fitters that are core fitter base. So we're looking at PGA Show getting the systems out. We're ta- We're looking middle March to where all the stuff's really flowing and going. Unfortunately, we got a little late start on it, you know, due to all the design issues and trying to make sure everything was covered correctly and then, you know, vetting everything out. And obviously, we don't have the big budgets that some of the big guys can do to some people and make things happen on a little sooner basis. But we've done the best we could. And I think, you know, easily by, you know, first of April, this is mainstream to the people that are wanting it to be. So... You know, and I think uh, the huge part will be the people that are listening to this, or people out there that have interest in it, that say, "Hey, I'm interested in this. I'd like to get fit," and they talk to their local fitter and say, "Hey, what do you have an option in this? What are you doing about this? Or is there somewhere I can try this? Are you involved in this?" And unless they hear that from people, they're not probably going to get involved. They're going to probably sit and wait and watch and see if they're either going to be a leader or a follower. In the industry, there's going to be leaders and followers. And I'm, I've been, I think, in the, in the industry of putting at least and maybe wedge uh, fitting and grinds, uh, one of the, the leaders. And I'm hopeful that, you know, uh, this all works out for, for not just for me. If it, if it works out for the people buying the golf club and the playing golf better, it will work out for me. If it doesn't work out for them, then it's going to probably, you know, not be a good thing for me. So that's why I'm so committed to it being good for the player. If it's good for the player, I will do okay. If, if it's not good for people and they're confused and conflicted, it will not be good for me.
0: I love the call to action, man. People to go out and talk to their fitters. That's a good spot to end here. I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us and share about this. All your work that you've done on this is, is incredible, man
1: thanks, man. I appreciate it. look forward to it. I'm sure I'll see you at your show at the show and it's gonna be a great new year. it's gonna be it's a big change in the industry, and I'm really excited about where the industry's going. I see a lot of things happening that there's a huge paradigm shift in you know the way manufacturers are thinking, the way people are thinking, more importantly, the amount of information that's flowing due to people like you that are you know lifting up the kimono and saying, hey, what's going on out there? You know we don't have to just get the you know, the paid for play kind of writing that, you know, we're going to talk about stuff that really matters to people and the people want to know about it, go find the people that are talking about the, you know, the unabashed, you know, true dialogue that's going on out there that can be talked about if people provide a platform to do it. And you're doing that and I appreciate it. and That's why I'm talking to you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation with David Adele. Hope that you really enjoyed this. Make sure to check out what they're doing at the Single Length Clubs. I think this is going to be fascinating and definitely something to learn more about if it's a good fit for you. Make sure to stay tuned to the Golf Science Lab here. Uh, We have a new season coming out shortly. Subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes to watch for that. Or join us in the Golf Science Lab Insider Group. We release all our content there first so that you can stay in the know and also walk you through how we think the content is best Listen to and read so you can get the most out of it and improve your game head over to golfsciencelab.com slash insider to get access to that all right we'll see you next time on the golf science lab